Hi friends, today Casey and I are diving into sugar addiction, what the science says, why it's such a common experience, and what to do practically when you feel out of control with sugar. We hope this episode provides you with a better understanding and a broader perspective of this issue. If this is something you struggle with, we don't expect you to have it all figured out on your own after listening to this episode. That's why we created our 12-week group coaching course, Joyful Health, to walk with you as you learn to ditch diets, eat well, and move free by grace. Head to joyfulhealth.co forward slash course to learn more. We'd be honored to get started supporting you today. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, personal trainer. And together, we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace. Hey, y'all, and welcome. Today, Aubrey and I are excited to answer one of your biggest questions from our podcast survey, which is this what to do when you feel like sugar addiction is real. So for this episode, I get to interview my co-host here and registered dietitian, Aubrey Golbeck. If you don't already know Aubrey, she is a wife, mama, and dietitian with a passion for helping women ditch shame and find grace in the area of food, body, and motherhood. Aubrey is the co-founder of Joyful Health Co. And this is where she gets to create those grace-fueled resources to help Christians integrate their faith and health. She's also the author of this book called Grace, Food, and Everything in Between, which I love and fully endorse. Um, She's a homeschooling mama and an an aspiring homesteader. Aubrey lives outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma with her husband and three soon-to-be-four children. You can connect with her on Instagram at Aubrey Goldbeck or read her blog about doing family differently at dwellwellfamily.com. Okay, Aubrey, I'm really excited to get into this conversation. Why don't you start by telling us why we are talking about this? Why are we talking about this topic of sugar addiction? What is it and how is it relevant to us? Sure. Yeah. It's such a common concern and struggle that we see with our course participants. And it's also a struggle that I believe Casey and I have both dealt with on a personal level. Um, And so it's very near and dear to our heart. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding or maybe just not a full understanding in this area because our culture is pretty wary of sugar. And there's a lot of um, labeling anything with sugar as bad or evil. And so it just, it causes us to feel oftentimes controlled by sugar containing foods. Mm. So as I was just thinking and praying about this episode, the Lord brought several verses to my mind. Um, And the first one that I want to emphasize is now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 3, 17. So if we're feeling enslaved or controlled or addicted to anything, that's just a signal, I think, a a cue that we need to go to the Lord and and find um, the grace and freedom that he has for us in that area. Mm. A really really common um, verse that we hear quoted in nutrition circles and that I 
love myself, but can sometimes be distorted is also found in Corinthians only first Corinthians chapter six, verse 12. It says, Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So we don't want to feel dominated by anything, whether that's sugar, whether that's um, the guilt we feel about eating or not exercising a certain way. And that's sort of Casey and I's mission is to just bring you guys the freedom of grace um, and shine a light on some of these things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Casey, is there, and do you have anything to add to that? Um, well, I just love the the verse that um, all things are lawful, but not all things are are beneficial or all things are permissible. And so <laughs> I think there's a lot of things we don't give ourselves permission to do that's not really written in the Bible and that I didn't realize or live out for a long time. Like I wasn't allow- allowing myself to eat certain foods, especially foods that contain sugar because it had the... Um, just the thought of, well, sugar is bad and it's not lawful. Um, where, <laughs> or, you know, I was, I was associating that with scripture and with a commandment or something. Um, so, and, and I think this can segue too into the next question around this is that, um, sugar itself being like an evil, something that when we consume it, that, um, we are also partaking in that. And that's becoming a a part of us, like seeing labels that say sugar-free, guilt-free, you know, and sending that sugar is is evil in some way. So what do you have to say about (laughs) about that? that. Yeah, well, first I'm going to reverse and go back a little bit because Mm -hmm. you reminded me of something in that verse, all things are lawful or all things are permissible, but not all things are helpful or beneficial. Mm-hmm. I think we we skip to that like, well, yeah, sugar is not helpful or beneficial. Sometimes we can skip to that and just like go there and focus on that. But we have to recognize and receive that first truth that all things are permissible mm-hmm. and lawful for me before we can figure out what is truly helpful and beneficial in our lives and what is not. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it, right. If we're, if we're still stuck under the rules that sugar is bad, you know, um, whatever else is good, then we're not going to get to a place where we can really listen to our bodies and really listen to the Lord mm-hmm. in that area. Um, so I just, lo- I loved writing this section cause I've actually never taken the time to look up verses about, um, sugar specifically and write them down in one place, but Mm. sugar cannot be evil guys. Okay. The Lord says when he's bringing the people of Israel into um, the promised land, he says, I'm bringing you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Mm. Um, If sugar, honey, honey being sugar, if honey was evil, right? Why would God bring his people into a promised land flowing with milk and honey? Why would he use that picture? And there's, there's more um, verses where we use honey to talk about something positive. In Proverbs, it says, my son, eat honey for it is good. And the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. So we're comparing the goodness and the sweetness of honey. Um, We have that picture 
from God so that we can see how good wisdom is and also how good his word is um, to us. So I love, I love seeing that, that analogy in scripture, because it just shows us, okay, in culture, we're comparing sugar to drugs, to cocaine. Literally a lot of people, I see them comparing it to cocaine, to heroin, highly addictive drugs that don't do any good in anyone's life. Mm. Um, And that's just not what we see um, when we have freedom and, and more grace in this area. So something else I had written down um, because I think it pertains to this um, sugar addiction question is this verse in Colossians where Paul says, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. These, these Precepts, these do not handle, do not touch, do not taste. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, mm-hmm. but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. And that wow. flesh is like our selfish um, nature. And so I think we sugar addiction can feel very real and we can feel controlled by this. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like, I don't want to belittle that because that's a lot of people's experience, but mm-hmm. often the solutions we're handed just continue to perpetuate that feeling of enslavement. And the solutions we're handed are restriction that do not mm-hmm. taste, do not touch. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to kind of give you guys some other solutions, a new mindset, um, the, the Holy Spirit's guidance, and also some um, very real practical, hands-on ways to kind of tackle this uh, feeling of sugar addiction. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I talked about this with you a little bit too, about how I absolutely felt (laughs) enslaved to sugar because I felt like I couldn't eat it. And if I did, then I was, you know, guilty in some way. And then it was like, I am doing this so often. I'm just tired of bringing this to the Lord. I'm just going to clean it up on my, on my own, which is Mm. completely separate from the spirit's help. And I no longer wanted to go to God because I felt ashamed for continuing to go to him with the same problem and the same issue. And I wasn't doing, and I wasn't getting any better. So I wasn't seeing the fruit of um, my like, you know, efforts for, to discipline myself. And so I did feel trapped and I did feel mastered by it. Um, And so that is, you know, where the Lord set me free from that one day of like, I didn't tell you to do that, you know, and I, and I've been really convicted by reading about the Pharisees and scripture lately. And, you know, a lot of their traditions were man-made and Jesus angered them (laughs) because he didn't go by their own man-made traditions and, and that threatened their whole way of life. And so I think as Christians, we have to constantly die to ourselves and to die to those man-made traditions and laws and to be able to repent and go back to the Lord. And what is, you know, what are you calling me to? Um, And so Aubrey, can you answer this for us? Um, The whole concept of sugar addiction, is this real? Um, Do you have science that supports it for the people who are just like, 
maybe feelings a little bit stirred up by this conversation of like, no, sugar is really harmful to me, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And because I remember being in that place of like, if I saw people like intuitive eating dietitians, I saw them saying, no, just eat all the donuts and you're free to eat anything. And I was truly angered by that because I thought, well, that's really not healthy. But in the same way, I was being mastered by it. So can you talk to us about sugar addiction? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I you say all this good stuff. And then you asked me another question. I'm like, what I want to touch on. I just, I, I mean, I feel love... free to, yeah, to, to follow up. Okay. And add things in. Cause, Cause I love just that thought of like, Hey, I need to, you know, a lot of us are praying for things or we have found ourselves praying for things, me included. Um, like, God, just help me with this thing that I'm trying to do on my own. And mm. your word doesn't require of me at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, we're like, neglecting like the weightier commandments of like, yes. you know, like I'm overlooking the other people in my life because I'm so busy trying to <laughs> keep this meal plan or whatever. Um, whereas yes. I can let go of some of that stuff. And, but I didn't feel like I was able to. Yeah. And and it can feel also like detrimental to our faith because if we really believe like, okay, God, I'm asking you to help me with this, but you're not Mm -hmm. helping me with this. Um, And then just an encouragement to step back and be like, okay, God wants good and only good for you um, and for us. So what, what's going on here? Is, am I trying again? Am I doing something that he has not asked me to do? Um, so yes, I love that. Okay. And now I'm going to talk specifically to the science of sugar addiction. And we're going to talk about why we might struggle with sugar addiction and how to practically, um, move past that and practically care for our body in a balanced way at the end. So just hold that in your mind as you're thinking, you know, if you are like Casey, where you're like, I'm angry, sugar is not (laughs) good for me. Just, just hold on. We're going to talk about that. Um, but first I just want to address what, what the science says about sugar addiction. So there's all kinds of articles you can read that will say, you know, this research study shows that sugar is addicting. Um, And the only thing, the measure that they're using in those research studies is the pleasure response in our brain to Mm. eating sugar. Um, They're citing this over and over. There is the pleasure centers light up when we eat sugar. Um, And we just need to step back and think about that for a second. The pleasure response in the brain also lights up when we get a hug um, from a loved one, when we connect with a friend over the phone, when we smell our mom's cooking, it lights up when we go shopping, right? Mm -hmm. These are not bad things in and of themselves. And God actually wired our brains to have a pleasure response when we do these things, because when they are paired um, with God's grace and God's love and they're rightfully, they have their rightful place. They're good things. He wants us to receive, um, a reward for doing things that are good for us. So our bodies need carbohydrates, which sugar is just the most broken down form of carbohydrates. Um, it's the number one fuel source found naturally in our food. So most foods, are composed primarily of carbohydrates. And it's our primary fuel source for our brain, our red blood cells, and our muscles. So 
those are <laughs> those mm. are involved in some important functions like thinking, pumping blood, moving our bodies. Um, so there's a reason why we receive pleasure when we eat carbohydrates. It's a really needed fuel. Um, and so I just I think that we have to step back and realize like just because the pleasure response is signaled when we eat sugar containing foods does not mean that it is comparable to heroin or cocaine or some of these other really harmful substances that we put into our bodies. Mm. Something I heard someone talk about, um, and if you're familiar with it, with substance abuse at all, is that many people who are addicted to drugs, if they cannot find their drug of choice, um, right, they are willing often to take another drug um, just to sort of get that um, that feeling that they had. With sugar, we are not, if we can't, usually we're craving something specific like a brownie or um, a piece of pie or some sort of food that like we love, we have good memories to, or maybe mm-hmm. it's something we've restricted. Um, if we cannot get that food, how many of us Maybe there's someone out there, but how many of us are going to go just take spoonfuls of sugar from the sugar jar and feel satisfied by that? (laughs) That doesn't sound very appetizing for me. (laughs) No, right? Um, I know, Casey, you always talk about, uh, or you used to talk about, um, oh my goodness, the Halloween pumpkin. What's the candy that you used to love? Corn, candy corn? Oh, still love candy corn. Was that you? Well, I bought a bag (laughs) because I was like, oh, it's like, Halloween season. And I used to, so, well, yeah, I can talk about, <laughs> there's some very, been very interesting to see how I respond to the taste of candy corn. Now that I've been through this whole like intuitive eating thing of allowing myself to, well, and you'll talk about all the practical steps of <laughs> how this yes. works too. But I, I honestly like I'll, because, because I think I'm also more mindful Um, I'm able to like taste it more and Mm -hmm. candy corn, like the taste of it is honey. Um, And well, I'm, I'm sure that some people disagree. I think you either hate it or you love it, (laughs) (laughs) but I, and I don't eat that much of it now because it doesn't, yeah, my tastes are just different, not different. Maybe I'm just more tuned into them. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Candy corn, milk does all those things. (laughs) Oh, milk does. That was other. I just think like, okay, if you were craving um, like milk duds, it's like, and someone offered you a sweet that you don't really like love that much. Would it, would it satisfy that milk dud craving for you? No, I only wanted milk duds. (laughs) It's the number one movie candy of all time. (laughs) And if you disagree with me, I'm willing to have a discussion. (laughs) And I personally, like, I love like chocolate stuff. And my husband, he would be like Sour Patch Kids. I could care less. If someone tried to give me Sour Patch Kids when I was craving, you know, a Reese's or, or a Milk Dud, I love Milk Duds too. I would have nothing to do with that would not satisfy my quote fix if we're going to use that addiction language. And so I think it's just something, another, um, you know, kind of a nugget to to think about. And when we're really, I think, unjustly comparing sugar to these substances like cocaine and heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that is the that is the scientific side of things. Um, 
But let's just talk a little bit about these factors that contribute to us feeling um, out of control around Mm -hmm. sugar, Um, feeling out of control, feeling controlled by sugar. And so there are some very real like physiological things and there are some mental things which are also very real. Um, And we're going to kind of go through those. But the first thing is insufficient calorie and carbohydrate intake um, throughout the day, driving our hormonal signals to eat carbohydrates. So our bodies need carbs. I think we've, we've already kind of talked about that, but they really need carbs to regulate our insulin levels, to regulate our hormones, to feel satisfied, to think optimally. Um, and so when we are restricting, even if we're not restricting calories, if we're just restricting carbohydrates, like let's say we're eating all the fat and protein throughout the day, um, we are still going to, like, we're going to build up this biological need for carbohydrates that's eventually going to result often for most people in what feels like a carb binge, um, Mm -hmm. where we're sitting down and we're just way overeating on carbs for one sitting. Mm -hmm. So that's biological. There's also the side where we are mentally restricting or we're just believing that carbohydrate-containing food, sugar, is bad for us. So we may not even be physically restricting, but we're just, we're really believing it's bad. Mm -hmm. And we are, um, you know, avoiding it here and there or just guilting ourselves when we do eat it. And so this drives rumination about carbohydrates and this increases and rumination is again the the picture of like the cow continually chewing his cud and spitting it back up ruminating in our mind is like continually thinking over the same thing so we're continually thinking about sugar um how it's bad or you know how we can't have it or how we feel guilty and this this actually increases the desirability of sugar containing food so it's, Mm -hmm. it's like that forbidden fruit thing. Um, you know, and when you tell your toddler not to do something, they're constantly going to, they're going to hear, I want to do that thing. <laughs> like that's, that's what they hear. And we aren't much different. We, um, but we know like when we tell our toddlers to do something, you're going to usually have more success. Um, if you can give them a positive command. And so it's kind of the same thing with this mental restriction thing. So mm-hmm. both both the physical and the mental restriction lead to overeating on those on those foods that we've restricted. Um, and so then when we have that out of control experience, it becomes just like confirmation, confirmation and bias in our belief in sugar addiction, because we're like, well, you know, I believed it was bad. I tried to restrict it. I overate and fell out of control. And so that's just confirming to me that sugar is addicting and I need to stay away from it even more. Mm-hmm. Would you say you had that experience at all, Casey? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a cycle that mm-hmm. continues to ramp up every time it happens because it's like, oh, here I am again. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and I would um, have, I have this like Lord's Prayer journal and every night I would have a space for confession, like laying my burdens upon the Lord that night. And it would 85% of the time be, I ate this thing again and like I was good all day good in quotes and then mm-hmm. it built up and then I found myself being tired or not mindful and then just eating a lot of things and I attribute it to my lack of self-discipline and it's like the bible talks about being sober and aware and I was like see I wasn't that and 
I let go and I gave the devil a foothold. Like I had all these scriptures for that too. <laughs> um, right? I was deceived. And so it was like, but then after a while I was like, I, there has to be more to me having to give up something to the Lord other than food. Like I know that my relationships need work. My like work rest rhythms need, <laughs> need the Lord's help. And it was all about food. And I was so getting really tired of it. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and it's hard. I mean, I think about even when like the devil tempted Jesus in, in the desert, it's like, he can use scripture against us. Right. Oh, for sure. um, he, he, he does that. He uses half truths and he tries to twist things. Um, so yeah. And that's, you know, there are other like things that might be going on physiologically as well. You might have increased cortisol levels because of, you know, a stressful life experience you're going through. It could be because of um, excess exercise and a restrictive diet, which is going to increase that those cortisol levels too. It could be because sleep's not great. Um, all of those things could be causing higher cortisol levels, which might mean that you're not actually hungry throughout the day. And then in the evening, you are having um, the, your cortisol levels naturally decrease. And so that's all of a sudden when your hunger will return and you, again, are needing to like fill up on food and carbohydrates in large amounts because mm-hmm. you haven't really done that throughout the day. So there, you know, people always say, Oh, and I'm stressed. I crave carbs. I think what, I think what we see actually happening for happening for a lot of people is them ignoring or not being in touch with their hunger and nutrition needs throughout the day, because maybe they're living a stressful lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, and then really like being caught off guard by needing to meet those needs oftentimes in the evening. Um, and they need to meet them fast. So what gets what gets nutrition to our cells fastest, simple sugars. Um, and so that's, again, your body trying to like protect you, like, Hey, we need fuel right now. Um, mm-hmm. so just, just viewing that in a different light and that it, it really is your body trying to signal you that it needs more. Um, so these are all different ways that we can experience um, feeling out of control around sugar. We also talk a lot about in our joyful health course, promoting balance throughout the day with what we're eating. So all of our meals and snacks, we're trying to have a balance of protein containing foods, carbohydrate containing foods, fats, and fibers um, that leave are that make our body um, more satisfied. And again, make sure we're meeting those basic needs and kind of just that's going to help with the um, physiological drive to overeat in the evenings or to overeat on simple sugars. So we talk more about that in our course and we kind of walk you through how to do that. But that's something to be aware of as well as are you not eat, are you eating enough but and regularly enough, but are you also eating a balance at every meal? Are mm-hmm. you giving your body or are you restricting certain food groups? Um, and that's kind of causing this, this need to eat more sugar. So, okay. So what you're saying Aubrey, what, is that yeah. sugar may not be a moral deficiency, but a physiological deficiency. 100%. Okay. I'm so glad you said this because <laughs> I wanted to, I wrote this point down today when I'm listening to my Pastor talk, which probably shouldn't have been distracted, but oh well. 
I wrote this point down. He's talking about Elijah when Elijah was running from Jezebel. Mm. Um, and he ran, he ran like over a hundred miles and he just basically told the Lord, I don't want to live anymore. Like, just let me die. Mm. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to fall asleep. I want to die. Um, he was overwhelmed. Right. And he, he was woken up by the angel of the Lord. And you know what the angel of the Lord said to him? He said, get up and eat. <laughs> and the, like literally the first thing Elijah needed to do was get up and feed himself. Um, mm-hmm. And he had a thing of bread there for him. And then he ate and then he laid down and he slept. And our pastor kind of pointed out sometimes, like oftentimes there's just, there's a physical need that needs to be met. Um, and it's not always like this big uh, battle or you're a terrible sinner. Like the Lord is like, hey, let's meet your physical needs. Um, and then I want you to come out onto the ledge and have an encounter with me. I'm going to I'm going to speak to you. Um, and so anyways, yes, <laughs> I would say it's not it's not a moral deficiency. It's often. um trying to control everything and not meeting our body's physical needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this brought me so much freedom because I mean, we're just like filling this whole episode with scripture, but that's my frame of reference. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But even like with Jesus and the coin, it was like, whose image is on this? Okay. Give to Caesars what is Caesars and to God, what is God's? Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, food is for the body. And so it's like this, like your food is for your body and then you yourself are for the, for the Lord. And so like just being able to like have, for me, I needed to have the humility of caring, slowing down first of all. So a lot of it was being able to slow down. Um, and that created, um, that kind of dismantled a lot of pride too, um, and to eat well. Um, and then to, yeah, to be able to see what God actually, um, calls us to do. Um, okay. So maybe you can talk about some of these things too. And I know that we, this is a huge process. So, Mm -hmm. and we walk y'all through this in the course. Um, I walked through this myself. Um, it's, it's not an overnight thing. Um, and I know we don't have a ton of time here, Aubrey. So yeah, maybe tell us a little bit more. You've talked about balance too, of adding balance to your meal. So you don't feel so out of control around sugar. Um, so maybe like, okay, you can have some candy corn, but what would that look like if you had a craving for some kind of sugary thing? Yes. So I think you point something out that's really important, which is this is a process. And with this episode, our goal is to just give you like a vision and a, and kind of plant an idea um, mm-hmm. in your spirit or plant a seed that um, things can be different and that and you maybe you are going to work this out over time with the Lord or um, in a group with a dietitian or in our course or another program, whatever it is. So let's just kind of talk about what, a, what some of those practical things are um, and how we kind of address this issue. So I talked about balance. So the very first thing we do is we make sure we are meeting our body's basic nutrition needs through eating regularly 
Um, so in our course, we always recommend at least every three to four hours, if not sooner, if you're feeling hunger. I know myself, I love to eat like every two hours. That just feels good for my body. Um, and eating first thing in the morning within 30 minutes would be ideal. Definitely within two hours. So these things might not feel intuitive at first. You might have lots of cortisol coursing through your body. You might be distracted. You might not be used to eating breakfast. So, but these are what we call like self-care meals in the beginning. You're just beginning to care for your body and get it back to a place of nourishment. Um, and then we talk about eating um, balance at our meals. So again, eating, trying to include at least meals, carbohydrates, proteins, fat, and fiber, um, and how that can really, again, provide satisfaction, make sure we're meeting our body's basic needs. And then at snacks, trying to include at least two food group or two macronutrient groups, carbs and protein, proteins and fat, um, et cetera, et cetera. We also, you know, if you're like, I don't know if I'm meeting my body, am I eating enough? Am I eating too little? Am I eating too much? We, we walk people through how to eat, um, to their fullness um, eat for, eat based off hunger and fullness. And if you guys are like, okay, this sounds great. Where do I start if I'm not ready to take the course yet? You can also start with our body blessings journal um, where we just have you kind of become aware of those cues and what you're eating um, and how it satisfies you. And that's, that's a super simple way to just get started. Now, if you are, we, I always want to put this caveat because we do have people who listen to the show who, um, are currently in recovery from an eating disorder. And if you are in recovery, those hunger and fullness cues can sometimes be off for a little bit. So we always recommend listen to your um, recovery team, having your own personal dietitian and counselor and physician and whatever meal plan they've prescribed you um, to help you restore your weight and get back to a natural rhythm of hunger and fullness. Okay, so that's number one. <laughs> Mm -hmm. then, you know, we want to look at other lifestyle factors that might be driving um, that increased cortisol level and insufficient hungry or hunger throughout the day. So that is as simple as looking at your sleep patterns. How are you sleeping at night? Um, looking at your movement patterns. Are you way like over-exercising? Do you feel burned out and tired for the rest of the day after you move? Or is the movement that you're doing giving you joy, increasing your energy levels, relieving stress? Um, so those are, again, things we also go through in our 12-week course. Um, but you can definitely start noticing right now, right? Mm -hmm. You can start noticing some of those things right away. And then after that, we're going to work to more remove the morality attached to food. This is often the part that... Um, is not as straightforward and maybe might feel more difficult for us. It's kind of takes, um, it takes some time and consistency to give yourself permission to enjoy all foods without guilt or without the label that this food is good or this food is bad. Practically, the way we walk people through this in our courses to do food exposures. Um, so this is where we are going to enjoy our favorite foods. And so in this, for this episode, let's say like your favorite food is a sugary, sugar containing food. Uh, it's a dessert, it's a candy, whatever, it, but it feels like it's been controlling you um, or you feel like you've been controlled by it. We're going to work to include that food with 
a balanced meal or snack consistently, um, maybe every day until we start to feel at peace around that food. And we realize, okay, this is just a food. It either does still taste delicious to me, but I don't want 15 of it, this item, you know, um, or let's say it. Cause I love chocolate chip cookies. That was kind of my thing when I was beginning this process. Um, or it actually doesn't taste that great anymore. And I don't think I actually really like it that much. Um, and maybe I'll have it every once in a while, but it's, it's not that appealing anymore. And that's just a good sign that you're listening to your body's cues and you're learning them and you're not listening to those messages of either I have to eat this because I'll never have it again, or I already ate it. So I might as well eat a ton of it. You know, we're not listening to those like guilt laden messages. We're listening to our bodies. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I just want to give a caveat here because I think a lot of people hear like intuitive eating or making peace with fear foods and they're like, okay, so I'm going to go eat all the foods that were previously off limits all at once every day. And they, and I, that we don't recommend that actually. We recommend like mm-hmm. that you, we, you start with one thing, you do it as a part of a balanced meal or snack. Um, you eat it mindfully. So this means like we're not watching TV or zoning out. We're really kind of taking this one eating experience to tune into our body's cues and even eat it with someone. Um, a lot of like binging and shame eating happens for a lot of people like in private because mm-hmm. um, it, it, it feels so shameful. So if you can like find that person, whether it does need to be a dietitian or a counselor to do this with, um, or it's a, you know, your spouse or a friend that you trust to eat this item with, that can be really helpful and feel really safe. Um, And then journal about that experience. So, you know, what happened? How did I feel? How did the food taste? Those sort of things um, can be really powerful. Yeah. And what I'm hearing too is a few things. Um, So like that experience, allows that food to be, to turn into something that's mastering you and to something that is given to you as a gift to enjoy. And Mm -hmm. so you can be free to be separate from that thing, to be able to notice the flavor profiles of it, what it feels like in your mouth, you know, how it makes your body feel before and after. And it creates just this entirely new relationship with food. And starting off with one thing at a time. And if you are also in a place where I was listening to this and you're like, I feel like that is not possible for me, or it seems wrong or whatever it is. Um, you know, like Aubrey said, this episode is not to like, not to just instruct you, but also to give us our experience (laughs) with this as well. And to be able to have this is something that you can take to the Lord. Um, and we are also here to be able to walk you through that as well. So you don't have to do it on your own. Um, Aubrey, is there anything else that you would want to leave the listeners with? Because I think this has been so helpful <laughs> and so comprehensive. Yeah, no, I, um, I would just echo what you said is, you know, don't, don't let this overwhelm you or just kind of be curious about what your thoughts are about this episode, about what we're talking about mm-hmm. and take it to the Lord um, and ask him to show you your next step. 
Mm-hmm. So we're going to, I know we're going to leave all sorts of resources in the show notes for you guys, um, different ways you can get started. But also, if you just want to reach out to us and let us know how we can be praying for you through this issue, we would love to do that. So mm-hmm. you can do that on our Instagram or on our email um, support at joyfulhealth.co as well. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, Aubrey, can you go ahead and pray? For the listeners now? I would love to. Okay. Thanks. All right. Father God, we just thank you. <laughs> we thank you for this time um, to just gather and kind of talk about, share our experiences, but mostly share what you've put on our heart and what you've revealed to us. And we're just so thankful that you've given us freedom in this area so that we can share that freedom with others, Lord. We just ask that everyone who is listening would just feel your love and your grace um, and that they would take something away from this episode that will just improve their um, walk with you and impart more joy and more peace into their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, And until next time, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. Hey, thanks so much for listening. A very special thank you to all our podcast guests, along with Dwayne Goldbeck for podcast editing and Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. 